Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So, the Warriors beat the New York Knicks at Chase Center 111-101 in a game that wasn't really, really that close. The Warriors, they got a pretty big lead uh, during the game and a couple big leads, actually. And uh, the Knicks whittled it away a few times to like maybe eight or so. But I'll tell you that this is probably outside of that Spurs game and maybe the opening night Lakers game. This was the first game where I felt fully confident that the Warriors were going to close this one out, even when the Knicks made like kind of like a mini, mini run with some uh foul calls on the warriors in the fourth it was like nah like this one's this one's gonna be put away it felt like an old school warriors game from not so long ago but you know it, it was uh it was good to see especially to uh start off like you know if you listen to this podcast I talk about getting to that 20 game mark Again, not to say that, oh, by 20 games, they'll get it all figured out. But yeah, when they were going through that five-game road losing streak, I was like, okay, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be a little bit tougher than we thought. And let's see how they are a quarter through the season, and that's 20 games. So this is the 16th game. The Warriors are 7-9, and nine, still winless on the road, 0-8, and 7-1 and and at home. But, you know. Let's take it in chunks, in steps, right? Like there are four more games. Like I'm looking at them in, in five game chunks. I was messaging my friend Fio Chin, who's been on the show uh, a couple of times. And I was like, hey, let's get to 20 games. And starting with the next game, then it's at Houston, at New Orleans, at home against the Clippers, and then at home against Utah. I said, if the Warriors can come out of that four and one, I'll be really happy. You know, if they come out of it two and three, I'll be a little concerned at that point. But they got one in the bag. So at Houston, at New Orleans, at home against the Clippers, at home against the Jazz. I mean, they could go 4-0. <laughs> they could go, you know, uh, two and two. I mean, hopefully they don't go anything worse than that. But this game they have to string a couple of these together, right? Like that's pretty much what it is. They look good last time against the Spurs at home. And then they had very, very low energy against the Suns on the road in a game that you figure against a rival like the Suns, like a Western Conference, quote unquote, power, the team that won the Western Conference or had the best record in the Western Conference last season, you would think that they would have come out with more force and they did not. But in this one, they did. Uh, They came out strong early. The Warriors did. And I'll be honest, like I flashed back to last season and I guess this is one place where at least for the most part, the Warriors have improved. Remember how last season the Warriors would always start off really, really slowly. And it was really like aggravating a lot of the time. Sometimes they get down by 10, at least in the games that they're in this year, where they actually have energy and effort. They start off pretty strong. And it's the bench, of course, that has kind of betrayed them so far. But in this one, they got off to a good lead early. And of course, Clay Thompson is 
probably the main story of this one. And this game is what you want to see from him. He played 31 minutes, eight for 16 from the floor, four of 10 from three, no free throws, uh, three boards, two assists, plus 18 on the night, 20 points. Now, that Phoenix game was really, really rough because he, of course, was forcing shots. He took the team out of what it was trying to do. He just started hunting shots and not passing, not making the smart play, right? Like I said, that's kind of what Russ does. He he tries to get his, and Clay was trying to ignite something there. And I've said, and I'll repeat again, I have a ton of patience for Clay to get to where he needs to be for this Warriors team to win, both physically and also mentally, so that he's he's good to go. Uh, and this one, you could tell he was making a concerted effort to have more overall energy and like play that team basketball that he's played for, you know, almost a decade. Uh, and he, he looked good out there. You know, he was crisp, he, uh, Steph, instead of shooting a lot in the first quarter, he was trying to get guys going. He got clay going, he got Wiggins going and, you know, he hit clay in some very, very good spots where he could get his shot off cleanly, where he could get some forward momentum, where he can get uh, set with a shot. And then also Clay, he was passing a lot better. He he dropped the ball off to Looney a couple times. And there were times where, you know, the passes got fumbled or whatever, tipped or stripped or something, but it's fine because this is the process. Like he needs to be able to uh, play within himself and within the team structure, let the game flow and, you know, let the game come to him. And that's all I want. Like I have patience for him to, to work his game out, but it's hard to have that patience when he's just blowing up everything. So it was great to see that again, would love to see Clay string a couple of these games together and, you know, his shot will come and go for a little bit. Hopefully it'll get more consistent, but it's that effort and that not getting too down on himself and just continuing to play both ends of the uh, court at a very high uh, energy level. After the Warriors lost to the Kings, I put out an episode called Happy Warriors Thoughts, and there were a few things that I talked about. And it was great because especially in the first half, we saw some of those things. The first thing was that Jonathan Kaminga looks playable and he looked that way. He didn't get minutes in the second half until garbage time uh, because, you know, Kerr just wanted to tighten things up. But in the first half, he looked solid. Uh, he didn't score. He played nine minutes, 0 for 2, 0 for 1 from 3, uh, hit one free throw, five rebounds, one steal, minus seven, but still. He looked confident and he played within himself and he played, you know, solid defense. I mean, bottom line is like, that's what you want from Jonathan Kaminga just to play that role. He can give you a highlight play. If he doesn't, great. That's fine too. He just has to be uh, doing right, the right things in general. It looks like he can be a part of the rotation. And if Kerr thinks maybe he doesn't have it or he just wants to shore things up with someone else, He's been able to go to Jamichael Green and Anthony Lamb and then mix them in with starters 
four stretches. So that's another solid trend to me. I also talked about Dante DiVincenzo coming in and getting his legs under him and getting more used to the team. Uh, He played 20 minutes, two for five. All those shots were three pointers, five boards. He's a pretty good rebounder actually. And one assist, one steal, six points, minus 11, but still you're seeing him fit a little bit. And again, these are guys who are going to come in, sub for the starters, maybe get mixed in with some of the starters and some of the rotations, but you want them to secure the lead, build on the lead, but not give up too much of it. That's the role of the backups, right? Uh, Not to just have a 12-point lead and then cough it up and give it right back to uh, the other team. So that's uh, a positive to me. And then Andrew Wiggins, I said he's quietly having another career year. He played 30 minutes, 8 for 15 from the floor, 3 for 8 from 3. Only hit one of four free throws, but had seven boards, two assists, uh, plus 20 on the night. 20 points. So, I mean, Wiggins, it's, it's crazy. Like he's always open. <laughs> and I think that's something that he realized and his shot is way more consistent. I mean, I talked about that before on the season, he's shooting 49% from the field, 40.7 from three, 74% from the line, 18 points. And that's awesome. You know, that's really, really awesome. I've said before that if Wiggins has, if he wasn't this consistent this season so far, then the Warriors would probably have like three wins or something. So I think that's a big deal. And, you know, the last season was like the first season that they were, you know, he had Clay and Steph and Draymond all together. And he probably really understood uh, where his shots were going to be and worked on those because when he shoots a three now, I expect it to go in. Last season, I did not, especially the second half of last season. So uh, he's become a much better shooter. And his mid-range, which he hasn't abandoned, his step back, mid-range shot, I mean, I always think that's going to go in too. So Wiggins has just fit in seamlessly and has really just found where he really fits in. And it's, um, you know, I just enjoy watching his dependability, his kind of demeanor out there, because, you know, it's like he had such a a bad reputation before. And I can't imagine what it's like, you know, being a Minnesota fan and seeing Andrew Wiggins out here uh, doing so well, playing so hard and averaging five and a half rebounds, 2.3 assists and uh, almost one block, 1.3 steals. I mean, dude's playing all around and uh, kind of an unsung hero for the Warriors this season. So I want to make sure to continue to shout him out because uh, Wiggins is one of the few consistent positives of the season so far. NBA fans, the NBA action is just getting started, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. Even though the Warriors have had a rough start, how can you not? bet on them. 
With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And Steph, like I said, uh, that dude, he was dishing more in this one. He had 10 assists, six boards, shot five for 13 from three, nine of 19. Overall, 24 points, um, five turnovers though. But, uh, you know, Steph, he just like knows how to get people going. And, and you know, it, it was just a, a fun game to watch. And as you know, there haven't been a ton of those this season. And honestly, like I said at the top of this, it felt like they were just going to win. It felt like they were playing their pace. They were in control of the tempo and that there was nothing, there was nothing that the Knicks could do to really overcome them or overwhelm them with anything. And some of these bench lineups, I actually really liked and I found kind of intriguing. Uh, Jordan Poole with uh, Dante DiVincenzo, John Kaminga, Anthony Lamb, and Jamichael Green. That's, that's an interesting one, you know, and I like that because you're sticking DiVincenzo and Poole together, and then you have some athleticism and some decent toughness and shooting and some decent size as well. So that's an interesting one. And then also I have to say that Jordan Poole played a little bit better defense. You know, he looked to be staying at home, being where he was supposed to be. So as much as I call him out for his poor defense, he looked uh, he looked a lot better. And he was assertive, you know, like in the Suns game, he was – kind of, you know, he was dishing the ball, but he wasn't shooting very much. He was like 0 for 5. In this one, 26 uh, minutes, only 5 for 17, 3 for 8 from the field, no free throws, uh, 13 points minus 15. Now, not the best line, but I appreciate, even though he was dancing around some, I appreciate that he was aggressive in trying to make things happen. I would like to see him do something with the ball a little bit faster sometimes, but, uh, you know, in the second half and especially end of third quarter, beginning of fourth quarter, I think, uh, he would hold the ball a little bit and and whatnot. And a couple of times that got him in trouble. But overall, you want to see him at least aggressive. You don't want to see him like in the Suns game not being aggressive. You want to see him be aggressive all the time, but then also play smart. So uh, those are the things that uh, uh, I hope to see in the next one, right? So again, at Houston on Sunday, Monday, it's the back-to-back at New Orleans, and then they come back Wednesday against the Clippers, and then the 20th game of the season is against the Jazz on next Friday. So it's all about the trends. You can watch every game and be up and be down, but what is the story of the season? What is the story of this team telling you? This team is like trying to say something, and they don't know what yet, and neither do we. And it's also true for individual players, right? Like, where are they going? What Clay does in the next game will tell us a hell of a lot. Same with Jordan Poole. Same with John Kaminga. Same with Dante DiVincenzo. All these guys that I always talk about because I think they're so key to the Warriors' success, right? You know what you're going to get with Steph, with Wiggins, with Draymond, with Looney even Anthony Lamb and Jamichael Green. You know, Jamichael Green had a much better game getting into the flow of the Warriors' schemes and everything and, you know, that home energy. 
but you know what you're going to get with all those guys. It's those up and down unknown variables that are so, so critical that the season kind of relies on, not because they're the best, most important players or anything like that, but they are the key kind of pieces that fit into the overall structure of, of how this team is going to function and how it's built and how it's going to be a quote unquote, like well oiled machine. They're not there yet. They're trying to put the little sprockets of this machine together and then figure out if that works and then start oiling it up a little bit and making sure everything moves smoothly. You know, I didn't see much of Moses Moody in this one, but you know, luckily he's a true pro and he'll come in when he's ready. So again, I'm keeping eyes on uh, Poole and Thompson to see how up and down they are over the next handful of games. And then with DiVincenzo and Kaminga, it's like, remember, DiVincenzo was out for a long time. So as even if the Warriors have been playing for 16 games so far, he's only been in a handful of them. So he's getting and look for him, look to see how he improves and how he builds chemistry with the team in the second unit where he finds other people and where other people find him. Like as he gets to know where people like the ball, where they end up and, uh, and vice versa. And then also Kaminga, he sat for a chunk of games and he just started uh, getting regular playing time, even if it's like up and down, but he's been back in the rotation just since they got back from that uh, 0-5 road trip. So he's still kind of getting there. So like look for, you know, trends and incremental improvements. That's what's going to help this team build. You know, they're not a finished product, but, uh, you know, they could they could go out in Houston and, and drop a stinker. I don't know. We've seen it so far this season. But I expect them to go out there and play well. Houston is a bad team, but they're very young, very athletic, very hungry, and overall, a lot of, a lot of skill. So they just don't know how to play winning basketball yet. So they'll get – the Warriors will get their best shot, the Rockets' best shot. So – that should be an interesting one. Anyway, uh, good win, seven to nine, and they they look better in this one. So just hang your hat on that for now, until uh, until Sunday. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode. YouTube.com/slash Oakland. Warriors. Check us out at OaklandWarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs. <laughs>